You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Oh, nice. Nice surprise. Woo. Kind of satanic. It's satanic. So, this is... What song what is, is this, Matt? It's Disturbed. Now, I don't pick out these songs anyway. Bunda picks them out. So, that's a surprise what, for me. What is the ride. name of this song? Bunda, what is the name of this song? Can you tell us? Down with the Sickness. <laughs> real quick i'm really glad you picked that song bunda because uh when i ride home from work on uh, in the afternoon i just listened to the rock radio station and this are these are the only songs they play so yesterday i yeah. promise you i was riding home and i don't know the name of the band maybe if y'all know please tell me but it's that song stupefy y'all remember? Yeah. i get stupefy same band who, who is that it's that, the same band that's, that's the exact same i gotta buy this record my god i love it so did you guys have a new metal face did y'all listen to new metal at any point like actively i i mean there was a time where i actually thought creed was okay i mean but i didn't know anything i know that sounds is that new metal though or is is that not considered i thought corn and like are we talking like god smack is what's new metal what's the band we just listened to what was that all that disturbed we want to know if any of you have ever been juggalos that's the real question you've ever been to ice oh man Well, there was a time we, uh, right before we got in doing Emory and indie music where Joey was listening to hardcore and indie and emo and all that, and we were listening to at least we were listening to Corn and Deftones is where Devin and I and Toby yeah, totally were into. Silver so. Chair. Silver Chair. Yeah, yeah. Into silver Chair. Yeah. That was the very last things we listened to before we got into you know indie music. I want to officially welcome you guys to our Thursday episode of Bad Christian. This is brought to you by The Disturbed. They paid uh, a couple thousand dollars to get that song <laughs> yeah. on here. Uh, I get stupefied! But also, Craig Gross and the best sex life ever. Real quickly, Joy, do, no, you, do you tell Priscilla... It's the best sex life now. Awesome study that's Like you out. just said sex. Do you, how do you say... Like, how do you tell your wife you want to do it? Do you say, I want to do it? Do you say, look, can we have sex? Do you say, I'm going to partake of your body? What do you say? What is your language? <laughs> I ask, partake of your body? I ask her if she wants to... <laughs> I try to make it kind of Christian. <laughs> this is the, no, Lord, forgive me. I ask her if she wants to play around in bed. Is that what you really say? No. What do you say? What yeah, is your um, what's your words question. to your wife? I, it's it's usually it's usually nonverbal. Like I just you give her a look. Ooh, the look. No. Are, are you talking about before getting in bed? Like you're downstairs you in the living room. Obviously, you just finished a bowl of ice cream, and you're yeah. like, now I need to make love. Oh, you, what do you say? Usually, it is like a over the top, uh, like uh, let's let's do it. Like let's let's tear things up or something like that Maybe, what do you say i'm t- i'm giving you, you a say, you're saying you make a joke yeah. you lead in with a joke right, right that, that is right. very instead, clear instead of saying baby i just love you let's just let's just do it like i yeah. make a joke break the ice and then <laughs> you have to break the yeah. ice i do too i know exactly what you're talking <laughs> hey, about yeah. well let People me tell, don't you, tell you that when you're not married you have to break the ice oh, with your yeah. wife to get laid let me tell you guys where i'm at with that i think that's interesting because i want to know because i'm i'm in that situation when i talk overtly about it it's uh it's, it doesn't go as well so i do this thing where i like put music have a little bit of music playing like explosions in the sky playing on the ipod and the lights turn down and the, a candle lit before she even knows what's yeah. happening so then she walks into the bedroom <laughs> and surprise attack it's a surprise attack, and, set the, and I say, you know, can I? Do you want me to rub your shoulders? I'll lead with a lot of times, something like that. But <laughs> I do the massage one. The massage, the massage does. Well, hey, one, babe, yeah. I'm gonna give you a massage. But here's and why that's somehow, poignant for us right now is because we'd we'd like to have another uh, kid. So I tell you yeah. something that Christians and other people don't talk about a lot. I'm for, free to talk about it on the air, though. Is it's not really that, I mean, we're having sex at a much higher frequency, but it's with a lot more precision and a lot more yep. uh, intensity to it. <laughs> and it's not that great. I'm not really enjoying your aim, that. Like precision. Like, yeah. like your aim? I mean. No, no, no just, you no, know, the, ti- I, the timing of it and the intensity right. of it and each cycle is this or that. And, you know, we've never really th- thought about that before, but at this point we're thinking, all right, well, let's see if we can get the days right or whatever. And so it's actually, then it's sex sometimes is a chore or something. It's not that great. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Matt, I promise you, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because Jess and I, with with our first child, Ruby, had trouble. We both had some things wrong with. I'll go. In, I probably have all gone into it, but. Uh it, so when we went to have our second kid, uh, well, while we were trying to have our first and then even the second one, it 
there were times where I was like, I felt like I put on the show. You got to have sex right now. And it, it felt so unsexual. It felt like perform and make sure you're in the, we even did try to do the right position. We're like, you know, so the, the semen would stay in a certain spot or what, you know what I mean? Oh, All that stuff. And it, it's just like, I, I mean, I promise it, I did not enjoy it. I, it really felt like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're going to go do it. But Well, that that makes me feel better. Yeah. For, for Jess now, um, my my move is to I do the massage. I say, hey, babe, I want to give you a massage. Let's let's go to we have a TV in our room. I say, I'll turn on you know HGTV and you just you just lay there and you just watch TV. Get I'm gonna give you a massage and then and then su- surprise attack as well on her uh, after a minute. Surprisingly, I'm naked. Yeah, all of a sudden, I'm naked. Yeah, I you oh, how did, oh man! She doesn't realize it. She turns around. And, how did you get naked? And then it's too late to turn back. Then she's she's gone too far. Very good. You know what I mean? And and but yeah. anyway, thank you guys for that tip, making me feel a little bit better about it there. So yeah, that's just you know, I think Christians don't talk that well about sex a lot of times, but that's just one personal detail from from the Carter House about sex. I mean, mm-hmm. go let me the plug, please. A, a, yeah, let, let me ask you guys a quick question. We didn't though. even ask Dan his 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 uh, thing. We, uh, well, let me ask all three of you guys. Do y'all not think it's the one of the greatest things in the world when your wife comes after you and it's not just to be nice? It's that like happens. She really wants. Well, let's get. Let's, if you want to keep this, uh, I've heard stories about that happening, but it's more like people who go live with you know grizzly bears or something. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be. Uh, no, I'm I'm kidding, obviously. Dan, do you have a line that you use, or do you, like do you have a come on line to your wife that she knows it's go time? Uh, I, I don't think we have like a normal one, and I hope I don't get in trouble for you know uh, <laughs> doing what you guys do every week, twice a week. But one of the things we say is if, and it's actually funny now that I think about it for the first time, we we say, "Do you want to do something else?" Just <laughs> <laughs> like really, I like really that vague. a lot. I really like that. Like, oh, I thought you might want to do something else. <laughs> I something love it. else. It's pretty good. We pretty we good. we kind of use that too. Yeah. Do you feel like doing something? Like, oh, what do you mean? So, yeah. All right. Back back to our sponsors who started all this conversation about sex. That's what I like. Our sponsors create conversation. Yeah. They don't shut it down. Yeah, they don't shut it down. They create conversations, and especially this one. They don't see sex as nasty. No, it's not. It's a beautiful act. It's good. It feels good as hell. Sometimes it is ugly. <laughs> Sometimes it is sick and nasty, and that's okay. Like like guy's face. The uh, girls. Yeah, the uh, girls. Uh, like you. What's, you grunt. You've told me. <laughs> Can you give the website? You haven't even told what it is. <laughs> Yes, I did. I started the whole thing off. No, you didn't tell anybody what we're what we're talking about. I sure did. Yeah, tell me. We're just attention. waiting on. We've been waiting on your rap for about three minutes. Oh, I didn't even know we we'd already we already mentioned this. Craig yeah. Gross and yeah. Best Sex Life. We had said that up and how six, much conversation it starts, yeah. how good it ass. is, how how you, it it will cause you to have great conversation with your spouse. Oh, you were doing last minute work on News with Toby, probably. Oh yeah, damn it, you're right. I was trying to think of a cool way to get laid tonight. <laughs> All right. Here's how you check it out. Best sex, best sex life now. Here's how you check it out. Go to badchristian.com forward slash best sex life now. Excellent. And check it out. Thank you, Toby. Okay, so Dan Coke. I was here. really enjoying our conversation. No, it's fine. I love that that got us talking about it. No, I, I like to. I just I mean, wanted we, to. I just wanted to have the have the URL and then talk about it more freely and introduce Dan a little bit. Oh, more. I see. Sorry, That's all. I see, Matt. You you were right. I was wrong. I apologize. No problem. I, I think that you were right. I appreciate all the effort. So anyway, Dan Coke back on the show again. Dan, you was popular when you were on the show before. Everybody thought you sounded good and had fun, interesting stuff to say. So you've won your return for the show. So congratulations. Wow. I agree. I thought you did really good. Really good. I, I really enjoyed enjoyed and enjoying you right now. You want to do something you, else? There are a lot of girls that mean, ask uh, for your number. <laughs> you mean I was given the proverbial rose from the yes. bachelors? Yes. Yes. To stick around? For sure. Yes. I want to go nice. to the fantasy suite with you. <laughs> hey, you know, you know uh, like, that reminds me. I got a question for you guys. Like, is this, is this messed up? For me as a parent, Toby, does your, uh, I, I would imagine Georgia doesn't do this yet, but do your kids, like, they have, like, craft time, and they just squiggle a bunch of stuff, cut some stuff, and then they're just like, well, I don't know what to do with this now. Oh, Daddy, look, I made you a gift. Did yeah. they ever do that? 
Yeah, all, right, all so, the time. So I feel like I'm in a dilemma because it happens all the time. And for me, I think it's almost like a, I don't know what else to do this, so I'll just label it a gift, and then that'll make me feel good about myself. And sometimes it really sucks. Like, they did not put any thought into it. They didn't put any effort into it. But then I'm put in a position when they give it to me that I have to be like, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. Thank you for thinking of Dad. And then, like, say, oh, I'm going to put it on the refrigerator. I'm going to put it on my dresser drawer or something like that. Is there a time and place when I say, look, you didn't really spend any time on this. It's, it's not that good. And you weren't even making it as a gift originally. You just decided after the fact. Yeah. Do you do that? Uh, yeah. So you, <laughs> so Ruby comes up to you and says, hey, Dad, here's a gift. And you say, this isn't really any good? Well, sometimes, but in a joking way, so she doesn't know what I'm saying. I say it more for Jess. But I wouldn't say this is not a gift. You don't care at all. But it almost seems like we're, all, we're setting them up for something I, I I just don't feel right about it when William, every second of the day, like at least two or three times a day, it's like, hey, Dad, look, I made something for you. No, we didn't. He did not right. sit down. He's lying. He didn't sit down with intentions to make something well, for me, you know what that's, so good. You know what I would suggest there is there's no reason that your child would have a repetitive behavior that... that uh, you know that much unless there was some reinforcement or something positive that probably he's getting from you that encourages him to do it more so if you don't like it the fault probably lies with you my friend i wonder like how much we can ascribe the same kind of intentionality to, to young kids like they don't have the same attention span if i say to jaffrey my wife oh hey babe I, I just wrote you this song but i was really working on it for work like she you know she knows <laughs> if i'm sitting down but if i'm like six and I'm just sort of like, I don't know, what am I going to do right now? I'm going to fucking draw for a while. And then, oh, you know who would like this is dad. Like, it's not the same as, you know what I'm saying? Are they really, is it is it as bad of a thing is my question. Yeah, because I think the dilemma that I'm in is you definitely want your kids to feel like they're very important to you. So how, how do you say, yeah, the, I, I'm not really receiving this as a gift, and yet they feel important yeah. to you at the same time well always to them i do encourage it so I, I like it that they think of me for sure but like i'll joke to jess that you know she didn't make that like the same thing you're going through but here's what I, i'm going to take this to a deeper level i actually think when i see that and and because i've been thinking about this too it's exactly what we do to god like i really do think like adam in the garden and god goes hey name these animals i think like he saw a line and and, and he said Hey, God, I'm going to name this for you. This thing, this animal here is a turd. And God was like, oh, no, you did, that's not good. Um, why don't we, I mean, like, I don't think, I think that we highly think of ourselves and our kids, like, they just go, we're the only people they know. So yeah. as soon as they find somebody else, they'll make stuff for them for sure, for real. You know what I mean? Like like us, we're their parents. We care about them. We love them, all this stuff. But just like humans with God, as soon as you find something else, that that's what you'll give your devotion to. You know what I mean? Like So right now, I kind of like it because I'm the only thing in their life, but they're not good at it. Like Ruby made me a, my birthday's coming up. She made me a birthday card and I promise it looked like me bleeding out. <laughs> and I went, what the heck? And Jess goes, oh, that's, I said, is this me, Ruby? And she goes, yeah, uh, no. And Jess said, it's a flower. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause it looked like me dying with my head dying. <laughs> hey, get, get this. Do you think when uh, a, a worship uh, star sits down to write a worship song, and they're thinking the back part of this is going to make a lot of money, but then they say, God, this is for you. He's just like, hell no, that's not for me. You didn't write oh, that yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, 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 for exactly. sure. Like, for same sure. same yeah. sort of thing. I mean, tons of people write, write do things in the name of God for money or sex or power, obviously, or whatever. So, But I do think it's like that. Like when I see kids, there is nothing more. Like when God says childlike faith or whatever, it's because kids don't hardly have an attention span. They don't know what they're doing. And in a moment, they will say God is the Lord of all and realize it fully. And the next moment, they're somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like do, uh, smacking their sister in the face as hard as they can and trying to kill their sibling or whatever. So I think that we're exactly like that. So I think when I see that, I think it's just me. Like I said, when Ruby hands me that, it's like me handing, you know, something terrible to God, uh, you know, for sure. And God goes, well, okay, you don't get it, but let me see if I can help you get a little bit better. Yeah, additionally, so, Joey, that too deep for you I guys? Think, Sorry. Additionally, Joey, I think that you not, dis if you have problem discarding those things, then you could be well on your way to a hoarding disorder because that's how they start. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely throw them away because they'll forget about them. Yeah, so yeah they, they don't remember. 
I, I go around throwing away little toys that I, they really like, but I know they'll forget about. Like do you think that kids? Do you think that kids are the number one cause of pollution? <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you could, if you if you count diapers, then you got to say yes. How many land, landfills and are filled with diapers and draw terrible drawings, juice boxes? <laughs> like if the world, <laughs> if, if our you know the end of the world happens and aliens land here a uh, hundred years from now or whatever, and like if it ended today and a- aliens landed here years later. Like they went to the landfills where they just say, "What in the world? These people were terrible at art." Like, I mean, you know how many people throw stuff away? They're a highly intelligent yet infant race of people that dominated this planet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I have something that uh, I actually kind of read an article and I thought it was kind of interesting to me because, okay, so I work at a church. I work with BC. I work with Emory. I work in a, with Matt and Toby band. Um, I'm working on some other projects as well right now. And uh, I came across an article and it was talking about a thing called decision fatigue. Have y'all heard about that? Uh-uh. Yeah. Matt, uh-uh. y'all have, nobody's heard about that? Okay. Cool. I have. Like you have to make a lot of decisions so you start getting tired. Right. Uh, well, it calls all the decisions we have to make today. Basically, I'll just kind of paraphrase, but all the decisions you you have to make a ton of decisions today. Just a normal person with one job and uh, wife and kids or whatever has to make an unbelievable amount of decisions to the point where how many times have you come home and your your wife or your spouse says, "Hey, what do you want to have for dinner?" You go, "I don't care," right? And you really don't. You're like, "Just give me something," which is also why I think some certain restaurants have blown up. Like, for example, one I always think about is Chipotle because it's just so simple. You get a burrito. That's right. You know what I mean? You're gonna get a burrito. Yeah. You know, it's either chicken, steak, or beef, and that's that's it, uh, or pork, and uh, that that's it. You know what I mean? Like, you. Yep. It's, it's very essentially simple. analysis so, paralysis is another way to say it. Yeah, yeah, totally. So the thing that I, I came across this article, it talks about successful like CEOs and all that stuff, and they uh, were talking about decision fatigue because they have to make so many decisions that one thing that they do is they just basically decided to always wear the same clothes. That's what I do. Like, wow. no, like, like no matter what, they don't even like – and one of the examples was like Steve Jobs or uh, Zuckerberg. Um, like Steve Jobs, you always saw him. He basically had a black – turtleneck on mm-hmm. and jeans and, and the same glasses and that was it and you always saw him the same thing because he makes so many decisions that it that is just one extra thing that wears you out and mm-hmm. it, it actually hurts you so i was thinking about that like i've really been thinking maybe i should just streamline everything and not like in the morning don't Absolutely. make a decision on what i eat for breakfast like maybe maybe it is okay just to always eat the exact same thing for breakfast or you know what i mean like only have Two options where you can only choose, uh, you know what I mean? Something Absolutely. really simple. I think that's really fr- that's really frustrating to me when this stuff happens, when people bring up stuff like this, because it's like we read an article that says CEOs and smart people do this, and I say, that's what I've be- always been saying, but nobody's going to listen to me. But that's what I, my closet, only have, I only have two colors. I only wear black or gray and jeans, and then I have like two or three shirts that I have to put over. And the only reason I have anything more than one set of clothes is because other people judge me, including my wife. But for sure... Wearing the same clothes every day is my preference by a long shot. I already do but that. I, the cross yep. you bear sure is heavy, Matt. That genius cross that you carry around. <laughs> I'm saying, no, everybody, everybody thinks I'm stupid when I, say, and when I say stuff like you don't need to shower that much, you shouldn't be changing your clothes that much, and you can streamline this stuff. But when you write it in a fancy article, now all of a sudden everybody believes it. No, but here's what's funny is you, you're using <laughs> – Dan is exactly right. You're saying, hey, man, you know, everybody thinks I'm crazy, but look at these smart guys. But you could also say nobody, everybody would think you're crazy if you said, uh, yeah, look at all the homeless people. They wear the same thing every day. I'm, 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 I'm a genius like them. <laughs> they suffer from decision fatigue. Well, Tim, Tim Ferriss talks, t- Tim Ferriss talks about, a lot about that. And like it's from an economic point of view, like it's like opportunity cost, essentially. You can only, he goes, you may have free time, but you don't have free processing power in your brain to make all the necessary decisions. You have fatigue there, so you have to conserve decision making like the opportunity of decision making is even more important than the opportunity of having the 15 minutes to do it kind of thing yeah joey would you ever wear the same thing every day that's pretty easy for you i actually enjoy wearing different things like i i like sports teams i like wearing green bay and clemson stuff i like wearing jeans sometimes i'm kind of a mood dresser so no i would not like that at all like if someone like like if if god convicted my heart and said look i want you to do it then I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I just think it's fun to wear different stuff. You're a hipster. 
I'm a hipster. <laughs> you try to look cool. To that it. is funny. Yeah. In an earlier episode, I really did not have a definition of hipster. I said, <laughs> maybe some people think of me as a hipster. <laughs> no, but I, I seriously, Toby, I, your personality type, I mean, am I wrong to say that you would never do something? Now, Now you do wear uh, some of the same outfits over and over, but I could not see you saying, you know what, I'm going to streamline my decision-making because you like change. Like you, I don't think no, you No, would- I like change, but not that. that is what I thought this article was really neat is because I, what I don't care about is that idea of I have to spend time doing that. Like, like for example, if yes. Jess made breakfast, if I wake up and Jess made breakfast, and I don't have to, th- it's like, oh, there it is. That's great. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I, I, I don't like... I don't like making those little decisions like if here here's the thing if I could find one outfit that I felt good in yeah. and then I had 10 of those that would be pretty nice because yeah. because the problem with me with decision is I and, and y'all know I've lived with both of you guys I'm notorious for this I always used to have piles of clothes on the floor because I'd have to go through five things before I felt comfortable wearing it but I always had one outfit that I really liked but I could I just said well I can't wear it every day cuz everybody thinks thinks I'm stupid or whatever but if I could just wear that one outfit every day I'd be so happy yeah, like I right now I've streamlined. Is. I've streamlined my clothes to be really small, a uh, small amount of clothes. And Jess and I've gotten rid of a ton of stuff. But those little decisions, I'd love it if they were gone, like what, for sure. What if you took this to an extreme example and you decided every day you come home you're going to have the same conversation with Jessica, you're going to do the same <laughs> sex position with Jessica, you're going to read the same verse every single day. I actually do believe in reading the same verse in the Bible or same book of the Bible for one year. You know, people read the whole Bible in one year. I can't remember a damn thing. I I mean, I just went through the Gospels in 30 days, which actually took me 60 days. (laughs) You can read through all the Gospels pretty easily. It's only like three three books a day. I mean, three uh, books, not books, three... uh, Chapters, chapters. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't remember the word chapter, so I don't have much longer to live. But um, I, you only have to read three chapters. It took me two months. It took me twice as long to read it. I just finished it. That's still good. I think uh, I'm kind of with you on that, Toby. I feel like uh, I think especially in the American church, like if if like people just said, "I'm going to read the Sermon on the Mount," like you know, if, if you take a chapter or two a day, you read the Sermon on the Mount, like every day for five years, you would still be sorting that out you know at the end of that time there's plenty in there man there's plenty to work on you're not going to come to the end of it anytime soon and arguably that's better you know i totally agree i mean especially because you would at least remember it and know it like i I remember stories loosely but then when i go back and read them i was like oh it did kind of say this sometimes i've misquoted the bible thinking i was you know spreading the gospel so i was like well i didn't actually say that and you know if i'd have really just focused on that and really went deeper with it and, and everything, expository style, and, and got a little bit deeper with just something not as qu- quantity, quantity way less, I think it would be way more for That's me. That's true. It's also Dan, like you- that idea of you were talking about earlier about giving a gift to your thing. A lot of times when you read Scripture, you're thinking, i got to get up and do this. And make it, and then that's like I'm doing it, and then it's, that's a present for God or something, as opposed to you ch- looking at it was trying to get something out of it or please Him just with something else, you know? Yeah. Dan, are you like a uh, are you a routine, uh, detail oriented, thorough follow up sort of guy? Uh, so not really by nature. I I I feel like I've been drawn to that since I became an adult, like in my early twenties. Um, but I have done a pretty poor job. I mean, I was on tour for seven years. These guys know what that's like. It's You can try and get a routine, but it's very difficult if one night you drive till 5 a.m. and the next night you go to bed early so you can get up and leave at 5 a.m. Like, it's just difficult to get into daily thing. I, I try to have a daily routine now. Um, I'm I'm sort of redoubling my efforts in the last few weeks to try and, like, get something solid going. Um and like also like since coming off tour, I, I've been it's been really hard to figure out like how my energy levels work throughout the day. So like I've been like I think I might need a nap every afternoon. Like I think I yeah. may be a span I'm a Spaniard at heart. Like mm-hmm. I need a siesta and I, I've been sort of playing around with that and I, I think that if I do figure that out more, I will be a lot more productive. I'll be able to like do the things that are important to me. And that I should be doing, um, but I, I do, honestly I feel hampered by that stuff a lot. I feel like it's it's a something I'm fighting against and trying to figure. Well, out. Well, it's been a crazy time lately. You've had a lot going because you this is if, 
in case we didn't still didn't properly introduce him, as you mentioned before, this is you Dan. Didn't. This I'm sorry, Dan. This is Dan Coke, and yes, he's a great <laughs> guest. His last name's Coke, and he's in in the band Pacific Gold. The record just came out. That might have something to do with why he happens to be on the show this week. I'll readily admit. Uh, maybe. But they but the record just came out, and it's been a super busy time of of working on that. And he has a a podcast called Sing My Welcome Home, which I was the guest on last week. So if you can even go back and hear True. me on there, what I thought was fun on that show. Dan is you you asked Dan set me up and said hey can you tell him a story about me on tour or whatever and then I immediately told him a story about how we were on warp tour and and we would all collectively see Dan coming over to our bus like clockwork every day and we'd groan a sigh of relief uh, not of relief but we'd groan with a sigh that oh boy here comes Dan we're gonna have to talk a bunch about a bunch of philosophical stuff and bring down our energy level to conversation zone and and, and, uh, yeah, then, and then Dan was like that. I asked you to tell a story but then you really told a mean one but that's what you asked me to do Dan <laughs> no I, I was I was totally okay with that. <laughs> I was totally okay with a mean story. I think that uh, a charitable way of a charitable way of describing me at you know what is maybe this is nine years ago. So at like twenty two years old, a charitable way of describing me is that I I was focused on higher things, but the truth is that I was a angsty verbal processor, and you guys were just there. And you didn't have any choice but to be a part of it, and I, I apologize for that. <laughs> no, we enjoyed it. That's just a you know, I, I maybe exaggerated it just a little bit for effect, but that you asked for it. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I asked for it then, and I asked for it now. How did you find us back in those days? That's a good question. I think like, I don't know. I mean, I definitely knew about you guys when the record came out because I was paying attention to tooth and nail bands like when I was in college. So I probably had the week's end like right when it came out. I remember like. I remember you guys like an ad on Pure Volume. That mm-hmm. dates me. Um, <laughs> and uh, then I think it was like, oh, there aren't there aren't that many Christians here. I think these guys are. And so, you know, whereas it might have taken a normal person a week or two of Warp Tour to work up the courage to come say hi, I was just happy to blab who I was and what I thought and who you were immediately to you. The first time we probably walked past each other. I don't know. I mean, it, it never took me long. It never took me long to meet a band that I wanted to meet, you know. Well, well, here's the thing that I like about Dan, and, and I don't know, but I, what Matt was saying. But for me, one thing that is easy about Dan is you don't have to feel comfortable like there's going to be awkward silence, <laughs> like when Dan's around, like like you know, if you don't feel like talking or what, Dan's going to cover it, and it's always really comfortable. Like I mean, uh, we even talked last time I saw you. Well, it's been a couple a couple times now, but like when we were talking about you know uh, universalism, whatever on on our bus, man, you were just like wide open, just going, and I actually appreciate that because first of all, I like it when you can talk. Like Matt and I are notorious for talking about subjects that don't matter but very passionately talking about them and you're kind of in that same uh line of person where you you can just talk forever about stuff and really enjoy conversation and talking and it, honestly even being challenged by other people and then that, so I always thought that was really neat about you is you're right like you don't have a fear of talking to people or just or just just letting it roll and I appreciate that Matt McDonald says that's because we're older siblings all three of us are older siblings and we all do that you think uh-huh. so? That's what Matt McDonald says. Matt McDonald says. is really, really into birth order stuff. He might be right. Because he says he when well, right. me and Dan and him are chatting about the album and the release, it's like we're just telling everybody what to do, but it's not necessarily mean, but it's just saying it. And he's like, I can't believe how direct you guys are. Because he's a middle kid, so he says he responds to being told what to do. And he says it feels just like my big brother, the older siblings in my family. Huh, that's really it. Joey, what do you think? Like, Because do you, do you, you have an older brother. Yeah. You, I mean, do you think that we talk to you like, like that? We tell you what to do, and you you receive it. See, I, I think I shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you to talk? Did I tell you to talk? <laughs> dumbass! Shut your dumbass mouth. <laughs> Toby, I want to say that uh, I want to simultaneously thank you for what I think to be a, a actual compliment from you, while at the same time saying that that is exactly the thing about myself that I'm trying to change right now. <laughs> Is that I can, that I will just come in and talk and talk and like you know you don't have to worry about it and I'll be passionate about things that don't matter as much you know I I uh, in fact my buddy who's staying with us right now called me out on this the other day because my wife is like interested in this uh, it's not like a nonprofit it's like a it's a for profit company but they like do fair trade jewelry or whatever and mm-hmm. and and I'm like so passionate about how 
you know, they're overselling themselves and they it's not a nonprofit, <laughs> but they kind of talk like it's a nonprofit. Yeah. And I think what I should have just been saying is like, I'm glad that you want to do this. Yeah. And your heart is great and I love you. And instead, I'm just going off on a rant about how, <laughs> you know, it's not strictly truthful. I don't know. So I feel like. Yeah, I, I could probably do a better job of like stopping that. That, that sounds just buddies. like me and my wife. Yeah, J- Jess will, will be into something too, and and she calls it like a, what does she say? Kind of uh, that I bulldozer a little bit. Like she's just trying to say something. And here's what here's what here's why what I understand what you're saying and doing, and probably Matt does as well. We're just enjoying the talking and the conversation. Yes. The, the truth yeah. is. You don't really care. You're not going to take a hard stand against this company at all. You're just like, hey, I'm just going to talk my ass off right now. At least that's something to say. You know what I mean? Like that. That's what it it, it it ends there. But but like for somebody like your wife or mine, it doesn't end there for them. They think that we're taking this hard stand against this company forever, and you're just kind of yeah. just talking, enjoying that dialogue, right? Like process, yeah. like you said earlier, processing stuff out loud. And I mean, you could be like, and, and this here's where Matt and I get in trouble sometimes. But I really do believe this. We can be proven wrong all the time like if you actually met the people of that company and liked them and also you would change your mind you know what i mean like it would totally. it would just change your mind if, if you really saw that it was good but i get into trouble with that all the time my wife says definitely i bulldozer and i do because i just you know i'm I, i'm a man you brought up a, a topic let's roll i'm ready yeah, you're to just throwing just talk, out a talk, premise talk, talk, to talk, explore talk. and you have no emotional attachment to it or even like logic I mean, it's, it's just like you throw out a logical premise say let's explore this i'll i'll say this i'll do this point of view and then you can do another one, and that's fine. It doesn't mean you're even married to or believe that point of view. It's just one to take in that situation. Matt, you've yeah. never seen this happen, but uh, what's really funny is to see Toby and my wife Priscilla go at it because they're both they both talk the same way. They both have the potential to dominate a conversation. They have the same kind of beard as well. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going back and forth, and then after the conversation, both of them are just like, "No, I, I'm fine with this sort of conversation. I was just worried that I was making the other person mad. Like Toby was worried that." He he was maybe hurting Priscilla's feelings, making her mad. She was worried that she was maybe pissing Toby off, and they both sounded pissed off. <laughs> it would be so awesome if she, if she was on our podcast instead of you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I found this quote that this was reminding me of that I read the other morning in um, Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, and I was like, oh, okay, bullet to the heart, and he said, the interior man, by which he means like, the, you know, the holy man or the Christ-like man, the interior man puts the care of himself before all other concerns, and he who attends to himself carefully does not find it hard to hold his tongue about others. And I was like, well, that's a judgment, because I obviously do not, I, I do find it hard to hold my tongue about others, and maybe if I was more focused on the log in my own eye, I wouldn't care if this pseudo nonprofit was doing some pretty good work. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it doesn't... It, yeah, if I was focused on myself, I would I wouldn't have energy to like make my wife mad for sure. her good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, what do you remember about that warp tour Bible study? Uh, I remember like the Paramore kids as I thought of them then uh-huh. uh, were there. Um, I remember that dude, my favorite t- thing about it was like when Aaron Weiss from Me Without You led it at least part of the time and like the time he led it we just like walked out into the woods that was the whole group (laughs) he was just like all right so we're gonna just like go up into the woods here and everyone's gonna take 30 minutes of silence cool really i didn't i didn't go on that one we didn't do that 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 week or whatever oh okay you didn't do yeah that one was like that was awesome and and uh that's kind of like the funniest one i remember i don't know i (laughs) remember like those things are always awkward because yeah, I don't totally. Know, first of all, first of all, you know, you have a a tour of like I don't know how many people are on Warp Tour, maybe a thousand, like actually yeah. working it, maybe six hundred to a thousand. And there's like thirty Christians, and they're different kinds of Christians. Yeah, uh, right. And then there are people who are like kind of interested, and then there are people who are like you know, there's people like Dango from Amber Pacific who are like the kind of Christian you remember from your youth group, just like all in. Rocking and rolling for Where, Jesus kind of folks, and then yeah. there were like, yeah, and there were people like me who, though though Dango and I were friends, like really bristled at that kind of like super loud type of faith, and I, you know, I right. I wondered if that was helpful or not, and so it, it was just like a it's like a pretty motley crew. I, I don't really remember it being like 
a main source of encouragement or anything. Honestly, I remember it being, yeah, it's good. It was, it was good to know that there were people with similar convictions. And I did, I will say I did meet my wife through a friend I made in the Warped Tour Bible study. So I do owe it that at the very least. But I don't know. That's kind of a bummer of an answer, I guess. But that's sort of the truth. I mean, it's kind of like Campus Crusade in college. You know, it's like, uh, it was good. It was weird. Well, you, you were know? there when Fat Mike came, weren't you? I don't think I was there the time that he came. I heard about that later, but I was hanging out with him a bunch that summer. And uh, I guess like uh, he, there's like some tweet. Actually, Nate Henry just sent me this tweet again recently that like, <laughs> okay, in 2000, in 2012, I do have one Christian friend. This is on Twitter. His name is Dan Coke, pronounced Coke, a reference to obviously the drug cocaine. And he plays, <laughs> he plays in the hardcore band Sherwood. <laughs> he believes in God. LMAO. <laughs> that's his, that's his tweet. Uh, and we did become like that story is cool. I don't know how much time we have for it, but um, it, he he basically was like. Some guy was uh, giving me a bunch of shit about being a Christian, like at the poker game uh-huh. after the show, you know, uh, back behind someone's bus. And this guy was sort of throwing out like really, I don't know, like bad arguments and stuff. And 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 I had ar- I had talked with Mike like once or twice and basically told him he's like, how are you certain that Jesus is God? And I'm like, I'm not certain. And he's like, really? <laughs> and like no Christian had ever just admitted yeah. that they're not certain. And then we talked more and I think he, he understood some other things too. And like we've, we've stayed friends. Um, but like then he, I remember him defending me. So like imagine you're at Warp Tour and like Fat Mike is Warp Tour royalty. And this younger guy in some band is like, you know, giving me all this shit, like basically saying I'm an idiot and bringing out all these arguments. And I'm sort of like, these are bad arguments, man. Like there are better arguments against Christianity than these. And Mike goes to the guy. He's like, Hey, don't give this guy, don't give this guy a hard time. He's, he's one of the good ones. And I was like, this is one of the weirdest moments of my life. That's awesome. <laughs> so you're like, fat uh, Mike's Chris, yeah. you're his one Christian buddy. Then I probably still am his only Christian friend. I wish that we were closer. <laughs> uh, we don't see each other that much, but, um, yeah. Yeah, and it was weird. I felt like, uh, I don't know. I think I felt something then that I mostly still feel now, which is like I I do feel kind of vaguely called to the world of folks who don't use Christian language kind of a thing. Yeah, you know? totally. Sort of to that. I feel more comfortable there, honestly. I mean, even in my own skin, I feel more comfortable around people who don't use Christian language than people who do. Yeah. Uh, that that is such a cool story, man. I really uh, i i didn't I didn't know that at all. And I I think the reason why that is so cool is because you're just being Dan trying to figure out life, and that every person on the world can in the world can uh, relate to that. You know what I mean? Like like that's why it, what 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 uh, Fat Mike r- related to and was a change in his, probably in his life and the and the view of Christianity was from one person going, yeah, man, maybe I am wrong. This is this is who I am, so I'm trying. You know what I mean? Like like that. That's truth. Like that. That yeah. isn't that what we're. That's what we're striving for. Like I mean, we can we can if we're striving for truth, and then I would say the the next step would be also that that Jesus is truth, right? Like that, that mm-hmm. He is true. That that if everything in the world and our our whole creation is based upon Him and what He's done for yeah. us and all stuff, and it, and it's true, then why do, we don't always have to. Force it down people's throats, and you can actually befriend people. That's what Jesus did. Yeah. I mean, it's so simple, and yeah. and I don't understand. Uh, we we just had a conversation uh, with with Scott from Zayo, but uh, about kind of about the same thing where people are so scared. Like, man, you talking to Fat Mike? If you don't convert him right there, then it's not it's not good enough. Or you better be be careful because he's going to convert you. As opposed right. to, hey, I'm trying to find the truth, and if the truth is there, it's going to find me. Yeah, so that's a real true moment there, because Dan said, uh, I'm not sure, and I, I put it this way, do, do you guys all wish that you were more sure about God and Jesus? Yeah. Uh, in some ways, yes, yeah, some ways, no. I'm just Probably. saying there's plenty of room for improvement in my certainty, as I'll put it that way. I would love more, you know, certainty. I feel like where I'm coming to is actually kind of the opposite, and I would have never been able to articulate this back in 2006 with, with Mike or anything. But I don't know, man. I, I Personally, I'm coming to no longer believe 
sort of the like uh, any reasonable person would like necessarily become a Christian type of a view about things. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I'm start, I'm coming to a position closer to like you can't prove it rationally because you have to live it. Like it's not just about truth and certainty it's about humility mm-hmm. it's about f- actually following christ and his and his way of life and so it's sort of like like i've described it as like you know if you want to know what it's like to be married to jaffrey i can give you a huge long list of facts and I, i'm trying to say hey guys trust me it's really great being married to jaffrey check out all these things here's the dinner she made the other night Here's how good sex was. Here's whatever. I could give you a thousand facts about what it's like to be married to Jaffrey. Yeah, keep going with the sex part. So (laughs) (laughs) we did something else. You know, we uh, we did a few things. No, but like I could give you this whole list and then I would say, okay, so do you want to be married? Like, what's it like to be married to Jaffrey? Aren't you so glad that you know what it's like to be married to Jaffrey? And you would say, I don't know what it's like to be married to Jaffrey. You just gave me a bunch of facts. In order to know what it's like to be married to Jeffrey, you have to marry her, you know. So, like, I, I think will. It's the same if I thing. have to. <laughs> okay, if you have to, man. Yeah, yeah. It comes okay. down to it. <laughs> no, but I feel like if you wanted, like, to talk about what it is to be a Christian, you, you, you have to just do it. Like, it's, it's different from the inside than it is from the outside. So we can, yes, our faith is reasonable, and yes, there are arguments, but ultimately, I. I agree more and more with what I originally said to Mike of not being certain about it because it's like, yeah, it's not even, I don't even think that's the point anymore. I think it's like, you have to live it. You only really get it from inside. And, uh, so I, I, so in that case, in answer to your question, Carter, I don't think that I wish my faith was more certain in any, if anything, I wish that I had more experience to draw from, or I wish that my heart was more humble more than I wish that my faith was more certain. That's interesting. And I'm not saying that to like, oh, I'm not humble bragging. I'm saying literally I, th- I think there's a distinction. You know what I mean? No, I, Dan, I like that, and I, I kind of wish I was more like that, but I, I'll readily admit uh, to expand on Matt's question that I, I really do believe. I mean, I think you guys know that by now, but I would love it, absolutely love it, if Jesus came in his radiance in the middle of the night and I knew I wasn't dreaming, and he woke me up, took me down to the living room, and said, hey, man, I just want to appear to you, you know, touch my uh, scars here, and everything you're believing is true. Uh, I'm not going to tell you when you're going to die, but just enjoy life knowing that uh, everything you've read, everything you believe, it's right on. There's a lot of stuff you don't know. I would love that. I just absolutely would love it. And it probably would not be a good thing. You know, if if it would be a good thing, then he probably would have, he would do that for everybody but yep well you know that's interesting because like my dad i've been talking about this with my buddy my dad was sick for like three years from when he was like three years old to six years old and they thought he was going to die and this one morning he's like did he die Mom, come in here no he didn't die oh, okay obviously he had me and he would not <laughs> have know. been physiologically be re- of that at six years I thought old that'd be really funny it was, actually it wasn't as funny talking about your dad dying sorry in my <laughs> mind that sounded it, really funny yeah, but it seemed it like it'd be funny <laughs> yeah it's natural no but he he like saw jesus or an angel in the window and he was like mom look at jesus in the window and my grandma was like oh this is it here he goes you know he's dying and he he got better and it's interesting because it, in a certain sense like Sometimes I have to be like, hey, dad, here's something I'm wrestling with, but you now have to go do some research so that you can relate to me to wrestle with it because you saw Jesus in the window. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you were miraculously healed of a life crippling illness when you were six years old. And so you don't have some of these doubts. And so on one hand, I would love to have had his experience and my mom always makes the joke of like if it, whenever my dad seems like a better person than her she's like well we can't all see jesus in the window jim yeah. like that's like her <laughs> come back to him well i'll <laughs> tell you who's awesome. who else is a real big yeah. doubters of us and that's our, our very own people and they like to ask us questions and and doubt the things that we say and do so let's do that a little bit dan you have some questions from our crowd that we're going to read so let's take a quick break and we'll be back in just a minute with some listener questions Hey guys, this is Dan Koch from Pacific Gold, and just a quick note to let you know that our new album, Sing My Welcome Home, is now out on BC Music. 
11 rewritten hymns in a brand new style of music. Check it out and see if you like what you hear. your copy of Sing My Welcome Home by Pacific Gold on iTunes, badchristian.com, or pacific-gold.com. And we're back! All right. Nice. Hey, Matt, Matt, you cut me off a little early. I didn't get a chance to chime in on what uh, Dan was saying earlier. Well, feel free. And here's one thing. Uh, just real quickly before this question, because uh, we were talking about you know Dan and Fat Mike and and Christianity and how we people perceive us and what what we tell them. One thing that is just so refreshing is for Christians to admit that. It, I mean, when you say I believe in Jesus, there is still so much shit inside of you. You know what I mean? Like you are still a yeah. shitty person. Like for example, like we were talking earlier. Yeah. Like I am a Christian, and sometimes I bulldoze my wife in conversation. Sometimes I am mean or hateful or rude to my kids. Sometimes I am tempted to do things that are really nasty and rotten. And so, what in the world are we talking about? Like when we say we believe in Jesus, we have to also add in that we are, are are messed up and we have a lot of stuff that we get wrong and so we believe that we are right and we believe that Jesus changes us and is changing us but I, I just hate the idea that it's just always like hey I got these answers for you do this and now you're gonna have a swimming pool I right. mean come on right. yeah totally yeah. anyway sorry all right so let's get to this first question uh, is masturbation okay if you just think about your wife or husband? Can you lust after your spouse, especially if you are prevented from having sex? Where do you stand? You guys are awesome. I love the show and music. Right on. That's from Manuel. Joey, you only stand when you masturbate, right? You masturbate only when you stand. Um, you no, do. no, I have a different position of masturbation. He wants to know where you stand in the bathroom yeah. when you masturbate. Yeah, where is <laughs> where, it? Where do you stand? Basically, where do you stand? Obviously, we all stand, but where? In what room? Shower, uh, bathroom. Uh, for yeah, me, um, for me, and you know, there's a lot of stuff going around about Mars Hill, uh, you know. And, but I, I do want to uh, say a good thing. Like I, that church. <laughs> At first, I was like about masturbation. Yeah, there's well, a lot Mars Hill, Mars Hill, and masturbation go together for me. In that, um, I had confessed to my wife. When I worked at Mars Hill, um, I had confessed to her years before, you know, like sometimes I struggle with pornography or, I, you know, I'd get this really guilty feeling. Then I would t- spill a little bit, but I felt like I'd only given her partial stuff. And, and honestly, the first several years of our marriage, even at, this is even after having our first child, um, I hadn't really talked to her ever about masturbation. We had never even talked about it. Yeah. And uh, I, I really do believe that that, that church helped me. Um, I went on a, a, a retreat and uh, talked uh, with some guys, and it really the the folks at that church helped me. Honestly, I had a real conversation about that, and so Jess and I talked about. I mean, especially because sometimes we're on the road and far far away from each other, and there are times where I get that old fashioned feeling, and it seems overwhelming, and I need a release. Yeah, and so we actually have talked about it to where she's okay with it, and I am okay with it in a sense of what we are open more open about discussing it now not all the time you know i'm not i'm not saying hey babe i'm, I'm whacking it see you in the morning or something like that like like it's still it's not like the easiest thing in the whole world to talk about but um i would say that we were able to have some open dialogue about it meaning i do believe that it is okay to masturbate and think about your spouse but i will say sometimes it's hard sometimes uh and uh another thought will come in my head or a dirtier thought or something like that. And I have to really be careful about that. Yeah. I think another thing you have to be careful of is not letting yourself be lazy because you can whack off anytime you want to. You are right now. And you don't, and you don't have to pursue your wife or even connect with her emotionally or something like that. So 
I, no, I swear. I, you looked really sarcastic. <laughs> yes. That's really funny. Yes. I, I'm agreeing with you. I totally agree with you. The question specifically was, especially if you're prevented from having sex. So I think like they're not in the same town. So it's kind of like being on tour. Yeah. I, I think the question, like, can you lust after your spouse? I would say, no, I don't think you can do that. Because you know, Jesus frames... You, because Jesus frames the lust question as like a response to the Ten Commandments, right? It's like, it it says, "Do not uh, covet your, or do not commit adultery." But I tell you, if you even look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery. Obviously, you can't commit adultery with your own spouse. So I, like, you know what I'm Good saying? Like answer. he frames it in that he frames it in that sense. So no, I don't think you can lust after your spouse. I think any sexual feeling toward your spouse is just like high fives all around. Yeah. He, here's here's an interesting question though, Dan. What about thinking of extremely perverse, lewd uh, acts? Like if your if your right. wife would okay. would never want to do anal sex, and you always fantasize about it when you're masturbating. Uh, I, I mean, mean is that I don't lust? know. I'm not a. I'm not the Bible answer man, but my own sort of intuition is that, like, yeah, if the minute you turn your spouse into an object and not a person, mm-hmm. that that would cease to become something very good, holy. Very good. Okay, let's go to another question because you guys have been talking about sex way too much. Not just on this episode or that question, but in Joey, don't be so last anal. One year. Hey Dan, when's the last time you masturbated? Yeah, I was okay. gonna say let's Next give question. an hour. Let, uh, how many hours has it been since you last masturbated? <laughs> go, go, Dan. I mean, how many? How many beers have you had while we've been talking? It's probably come on. Oh number. my god! Okay. Oh my, oh my god! Next Dan, question. that question is is, Man, is very accurate. Remember, you know what you need to do. It, like you, I feel bulldozed like your wife with that nonprofit or for profit <laughs> company. I'm gonna just do a real quick. Toby answers this question. Here's the question from Kevin. A local sir, a local Seattle church came out recently in full support of homosexuality and gay marriage and said LGTB, well, LGBT, can lead, teach, marry, become members. What are your thoughts? Here's Toby. I think that the church should stop treating homosexuality <laughs> like it's a bigger sin than every other sin. Like, I don't understand how, oh, just because you're gay, now you're the worst kind of sinner. I mean, I do stupid shit all the time. <laughs> let's let's put it where it belongs with all the other sins. That's the answer, right? I mean, am I losing my mind? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you guys talk about this a lot. Yeah, so don't ask it again. But they ask it a lot. So people say, "Why well, you always talk about the same stuff?" Is because people won't let it go. But let's try to move on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Here, here's well, the thing. Let- How about this? If a church yeah. wants, well, if a church says that it's okay to have uh, sex. With a, a same sex, then everybody in the church should just try it once. Oh my gosh! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> sort of, sort of a don't know. Why is that bad? Because they believe. I'm sure they believe that uh, two gay people need to stay sexual it's in their own relationship. Monogamy. It's monogamy. Oh, it's yeah, not promiscuity. So no matter is that true? Like I, I do want to clear that up. No matter what, when a church says. Like homosexuality is okay. They are saying in a monogamous re- relationship. Like, say, oh, yeah. Across the board, yeah. monogamy is always. I would say nine out of 20 times, yes. Now, and I'm just being totally honest here. I do not want to offend anybody, but there have been, I, I know, I actually know gay people. <laughs> That's how crazy I am. <laughs> and, and friends with them. And don't say. they say that monogamy is pretty rare in the homosexual community. I've so, heard the opposite. Yeah, I've heard, heard the opposite the, too. The opposite? Yeah. It's, it, it's very high. Yeah, your friend is very promiscuous. Okay. I'm open to that. I'm sorry. Even if that's true, you've got to at least account for the fact that they haven't legally been allowed to marry. So, like, it's going to just be lower if it's literally a legal impossibility. Hey, you know what? uh, Hold on. Let me just just clarify that. The reason I was saying that and trying to get to my point was that's also almost... 100% 100% of all heterosexual <laughs> couples as well. Yep, you see what I'm sure. saying? That, that, and Not a lot of so monogamy all the way around, especially right. by the way Jesus frames it as far as the, you can right. look at it and be there. Which, Absolutely. Yeah, which, which I have gay friends who are shunned by their family, but the son that got a girl pregnant outside of marriage, he's totally welcomed in the family. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. That, that stuff's just bullshit. You know, it's, you know, it's the craziest argument for homo, uh, homosexuality being okay. And, I, and uh, there's a lot of good arguments, but the Dan, craziest Dan, sorry we couldn't one, move on. That's okay. Sorry, Dan. 
I don't the craziest one is well, there's there's definitely examples of that in like animal species. Do you know how many jacked up things animals do? <laughs> no, I mean they sniff butts. I, I mean, know. They- no, chickens. I have seen it firsthand. Baby chicks. If there was one that was born deformed. All the chicks looked at it, and then they went over there and pecked it to death. <laughs> what if we did that? Right. I mean, I don't like the. I yeah. totally agree with you with the animal analogies. I mean, seriously, if there was a weaker human, we would all kill it if we followed animal rules. <laughs> all right, next question. Hey, hey, Dan, I have a present moment that I want to share with you guys. It's a confession to, to speak a little bit. I've been distracted for the last 30 minutes because I have a, a new uh, girl here watching Georgia. This is her first time. And she's here watching yep. Georgia, and they, she, and Georgia. Uh, after I came and started the show, they were uh, not. They left, I guess, to go on a walk, but they didn't even tell me they were leaving, and they've been gone about two and a half hours. And so, about an oh my thirty minutes ago, I decided that she kidnapped Georgia. <laughs> And I have been devastated and like unbelievably nervous with my heart racing, looking out the window, trying to get this, yep. get this episode over with so that I can figure out what it is. But they're, they're here now, so it's okay. Oh, man. But I was, oh, man. That is, that's actually scary. But I, I know. Scary. I mean, I really was scared, but I knew I was being paranoid, of course. But what, what I was thinking, though, the whole time was the, uh, what I was going through my mind was I knew logically that it's absolutely totally fine. But on the one instance that this something did happen and that i was wasting 30 minutes talking to y'all that we could have had the amber alert out and would that come into question later that's what i was most freaked out about but anything everything's okay that would be a piece of evidence used in your trial yeah like she was gone an hour and he just talked to his friends about bullshit the whole time hey no matter what i just want to be i want to be also really honest I really respect that you didn't hang up and go search for your daughter yeah. and you stuck with this podcast. No, I, I thought about it. I swear I that's thought cool, about man. it. That's cool, man. Honestly, that is cool. I, I was your going daughter to, went missing I, for two and a half hours and you stuck with this. I was, go, I was going to, but I just didn't think you guys could handle Dan by yourself, or I would have. Oh, that's me. Toby, that happens to you every time Jessica goes for a walk with the kids, right? You think that after a certain amount of time that she left you and kidnapped the kids? Yeah. I hate that you have to live with that. I know. My wife has taken my kids, and she's been gone for one month. Yeah, I'm still here. And it, after I know three she's weeks, back. it started to actually worry you. Yeah. I mean, she, she's with the, the kids are with her mom. So, All right. How about another one? Yeah, Dan, please. Let's move on, Dan. Okay. Uh, let, just a, a editorial moment. Kevin, the asker of this question, there are really good resources out there. Sorry we didn't give you any of them. I'm just not now sorry. With our answers. You can We're tweet not at sorry, me Dan. if you want. Not sorry. We never promise any good Tell answers. him you are not sorry, Dan. <laughs> all right. Okay. I like this one. I think this is a good question. Um, Bad Christian Podcast is all about honesty, but have you guys ever regretted something you said on the podcast or censored yourself? Good question. I like yes. that one. I love that one. Um, well, okay, I'll put it this way. I told, I said it before, but when you guys hear Toby being Toby, you're getting about 60% of what he's capable of, maybe 49, <laughs> 50. And there's, there's definitely, I mean, yes, there's plenty of stuff that we, that we try not to say on the podcast. And then sometimes we do. And when we do, we, you got to take it out. So yes, there are moments missing from this podcast. Why you got to call me out? Well, hey, th- this I, is a, I respect this is a you. first. I love it. This is a first, is uh, and I don't want to say what it is because then it's on the record permanently again. But Toby's, <laughs> to- I actually brought something up in a, a recent podcast, so it was my fault. And then we talked about it for a good bit, and I just thought it was so outlandish, something that Toby actually did, which honestly made me laugh because I just thought it was so over the top. You loved it, but. I was just like, this cannot be out there for people to listen indefinitely. It what was it? Be on our permanent. Well, because why? Tell, like whatever it was, why is it that it couldn't be out there? Like, what would be the result? Well, because what what he did was extremely <laughs> vindictive and extremely it wasn't mean. No, but just I want to hear his answer for like what would what would have been the result had it been out there or more. He, or whatever. he was worried I would be fired. <laughs> okay, yeah, I do think you probably could have been asked. Uh, to step down or <laughs> you really think so? reprimand. Yeah, I think so. Dude, come Dude, on. We were just joke. It was just a joke, though. But you actually did it. That's like killing someone and say, I was no, like, that's not like, I didn't uh, kill anybody. No, no, I'm not interested <laughs> in no. hashing. I'm not interested in hashing the argument. I'm just curious, like, what is the reason that we don't leave something in or do? Because we are all about honesty. So that's a really good question. Well, I, if I you said something and you did it, why, why would the thing that you don't do is let other people know it? 
That's crazy, right? It's like, I agree with you, like, man. Like, Toby did something crazy, and then all we decided was, yeah, that is Toby. That is him. We just can't people know about it. That's I weird. have a right. condition. Right. Well, Matt, I think, I think the, the difference, like, if, if Toby, if all he was doing was bad Christian, then we can, we can run full speed with our philosophy, because I even agree with you. Yep. But given the fact that he is a full-time employee somewhere else, he has to respect that. Yeah, I agree. And he does. And he does. But, uh, Dan, but, but Dan, I mean, I, you would also say that tons of people that work for the church that we work for speed. Or right. do or uh, sin or do tons of stuff that are above uh, under reproach. Right. So that's the thing. Like uh, that's why I think that's what Matt's getting at, and I agree with you. I want to represent uh, our church well, and so some people wouldn't understand. Right. So whereas Joey could call me out sure. on a sin that I have, somebody else might not understand it and be able to accept me. Accept me. Right. So I, I I agreed, and I thought that was something you know. Yeah. yeah, but what's really funny is I did something and it made Joey laugh unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so that very thing that I didn't want out there tickled me. So I mean, <laughs> the really it, interesting it, it, thing about it is just you know what what we do or what we cover up, and you know on this show we don't we don't really know. So we try every we but, we, but, we definitely try as hard as we can and fight for each other to leave stuff in the show that is boundary pushing. So if if Toby says I want to take this out, then we'll say, man, you got to leave that. That was so good. I'm so glad you were willing to go there, and we we. Beg, usually beg the person that wants to take it out of themselves. We beg them to leave it very often, right? But what's awesome is if if they would have heard that, or like if if somebody would have if somebody would have heard that and complained and called us in and asked you, "Hey Joey, what what did Toby do?" and you told them, they said, "What did you do?" You would have had to say, "I died laughing." <laughs> I thought it was the greatest thing I ever heard. You know? Hey, Dan. I, I couldn't stop laughing. Dan, here's some quick examples of things that we have uh, censored. Um, I know I have definitely said something that uh, would have been embarrassing uh, to my wife, and I definitely don't yeah. want that to happen. Something that maybe would even hurt her feelings because I'm just cutting up. We Now, me, Toby, and Matt, when we're behind closed doors, there there really is no limit in what we'll say. We'll, in fact, we think it's hilarious to just go over the over the over the top with crazy things. So we'll sometimes do that in our pod, podcast, whether it's uh, something messed up sexually, whether it's something uh, racial, something uh, you know. So those those are t- sorts of things. It's reassuring. Just, no it's reassuring way to know can... that you're privately racist. That's really reassuring. yeah. I was going to say, can we edit that out at least? I don't even <laughs> right, want to admit yeah. that we're privately racist, which we're of course right. not. We well, are not they, yeah, privately. I'm racist. sorry. We do always say that everybody should admit their degree of racism. So I won't even swear that I'm not. I'm. I want to be publicly as racist as I really am, whatever that means. True. I think there's a little bit of there's a little bit of uh, rightness in that, I guess. <laughs> All right, next question. All right, here's a voicemail we got. Hey guys, this is Jamie from Oregon. Um, so I just had a quick question for you. Uh, I work at a church like you guys do, and sometimes we get some mass emails um, from the church. And there was a man whose wife was leaving on a trip, and he was. Um, saying that he had to sign a purity contract um, while his wife was out of town. And so I was just curious what you guys think about the idea of making your spouse sign a purity contract um, when you have to leave town or anything like that, and if if you guys do anything like that um, to keep yourself accountable to your wife or if you feel the need to do that. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Yeah, I bridge it on a purity contract every time she goes to work. Because if a woman's going to be out of the house working, which is already pretty messed up, yep. I have to at least yep. have her on contract saying she's not out there <laughs> cheating and using work as a disguise for that. That drives me crazy. So, yeah, she's on a contract. And that's how I know that she's never cheated because she signed it. Yeah. So, and that's what happens. That's it. As soon as your woman gets a job, she cheats. Yeah. So that's why you can't well, let her and work. And anybody who signs <laughs> something would never cheat. Or do anything wrong because they signed of a piece of paper. Of course not. Let's be a little bit, let's be a little, obviously we all think that this is fairly ridiculous, but let's be a little sensitive. There may be cases <laughs> Sorry, where this is good. question asker. For instance, somebody in recovery, right, then maybe there it's good to have extra safeguards. But I would say like if I was in, you know, sex addiction recovery, I would rather have somebody living at the house with me than just sign a contract. But you could imagine that there might be a time when a contract is sufficient just to remind somebody who's going through a particular time. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, if if your only basis for thinking your spouse is being pure is that they signed something, that does seem to reveal a pretty fragile situation. 
but Dan, whatever happened to the uh, to your certificate of marriage? Is that is that not contract enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, is is right? Is, yeah. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, if you're in recovery or something, and you're like you're like three weeks sober of sex addiction, okay, you might want to sort of you're going to meetings and you're like, you know, you you might want to be. There might be a time when that seems appropriate, but I think our all of our intuition is like probably there aren't very many times when that seems warranted. Yeah, no, that that's I, true. I love thinking of a guy cheating on like uh, a guy or a girl signing a contract and they're looking over like so ser- like they're going to cheat on their spouse. We're like, "Okay, let me get my glasses." Okay. Heretofore, this contract <laughs> states that the, the reader shall. Okay, baby, I'm going to sign this right. No, I mean, if you're going to cheat, you're going to cheat. You know, I mean, you're cheating on your spouse, but you're right. you're gonna you're not going to hold true That's to your the covenant of marriage. But yeah, this contract will keep me clean. Hey, well, I will say there yeah. is a, there is studies like in the totally worldly way. There is studies that suggest totally that when people are asked to sign an honor code, when even when doing simple experiments that are that are not that that's not what the experiment was really about, but they tell them to sign an honor code, the the amount of honest reporting they do does go statistically way up. So there is some cognitive yeah. effect because everybody's lying. No, Everybody's I'm just lying. saying. I'm just saying the fact that you play at somebody that they sign something does have statistical results to show that it improves honesty going forward. No, but that, that, but Matt, that statistic is only that people say, "Yeah, I held true to it." They're no, no, lying. no. They do t- tests on them where they tell they know they're lying or not because it's like these little games they play to see if they can get a dollar. But they make them sign the people that sign the contract that they won't cheat cheat a lot less. That is true. Yeah. Now, I guys probably the guy signing the contract is not. A flight risk of going and sleeping around. I'm right. guessing it's like pornography or something. Probably, right. probably. Yeah. That's true. If you're if you're at a position where you're signing a contract to not go have sex with someone else, probably you're beyond a contract situation. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, what, I that, the, doesn't that, that kind of set you up for question. thinking you're gonna cheat, though? I mean, that, that just seems like, yeah. I, hey, you know what, babe? I got to go out of town for work, but uh, well, we probably need to uh, get a lawyer. Yeah, it does sound. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it's having a divorce divorce lawyer just in case, and you know, double prenup protection kind of thing. It's a little bit. It betrays a little bit of trust. It it, it does, in fact, seem like. But you know, yeah. So thank you guys for sending in questions this week. We are in fact out of t- time. If you have a question, you can send us a voicemail at six one five eight six three four 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 nine or leave a question at the hashtag on facebook or twitter ask bc okay thank you to dan Coke for coming on go pick up pacific gold's album right now you can get on backchristian.com or wherever itunes whatever you like pacific gold their album is out thanks again to dan for coming uh, everybody download the bc app from that the app store of whatever you use and thank you to bc club for funding all of this stuff we appreciate it peace see you later